Good morning from Stanford Christian Church. My name is Pastor Jeremy, and today we continue our series through the life of Abraham in Genesis chapter 16, starting in verse 1. Now Sarah, Abram's wife, bore him no children. She had an Egyptian slave whose name was Hagar, and Sarah said to Abram, You see that the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my slave. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. So after Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her slave, and gave her to her husband Abram as a wife. He went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. Then Sarah said to Abram, May the wrong done to you me be on you. I gave my slave to your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarah, Your slave is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarah dealt harshly with her, and she ran away from her. Faith in God is patient. Waiting for God. When we take shortcuts or take matters into our own hands because we feel he is moving too slow or we've lost faith in him altogether, impatience is a grave full of wickedness. God teaches us lots of patience in natural processes. Think about the boy who wants to grow. Sure, he can work toward that end by eating well and exercising, but he cannot make it happen on his own timetable. God will give growth, but in the meantime, the waiting is valuable because God grows character and faith in the waiting. God is most glorified not in the receiving of the blessing, but in waiting for it. We don't get stronger when we win but in the time we spend preparing for the game. Think about the farmer or gardener who plants and waters and weeds, but the plant will only grow according to God's plan delivering its fruit in season. Pull the fruit before it's ripe and you will get a bitter reward, a stomach ache, and miss out on its goodness. When the Egyptian army is about to overtake the Israelites after they've been freed from slavery, Moses tells the people, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Are you currently standing at the crossroads, tempted by a shortcut? One road is patiently waiting on God and following his ways, and the other is impatiently pressing down the road of disobedience. You know which way God is leading you. You know his ways and that you should obey them. However, you also know that God desires your good. Your, Your desire is in sight, and you can bypass the waiting and the difficulty of going the way of God. Which will you walk? Will you trust the way of God as the best way? Will you trust his promises, his ways, his love for you and walk in faith? Or will you take the shortcut and test the wisdom of God? Obedience and disobedience go hand in hand with faith and faithlessness. Obedience is always the path of faith and disobedience is always the untrusting path. Obedience to God's ways says, I trust God. I believe his ways are the best ways and his words are always true. Disobedience says, I do not trust your ways are the best ways and I do not believe what you have said to be the truth. All of this began when people distrust God's word. They decided to take a shortcut, knowing better than God how to get the promise. Their sin began in treating a person like an object. Notice that Abram and Sarah never call Hagar by her name, but instead call her your servant or my servant. 
Treating people as objects or pawns to get what they want is always wicked and leads to pain. The very first words out of the mouth of the angel of the Lord when they speak to her is her name, Hagar. God created her and he knows her and he loves her dearly. He has a plan for her life just like he does Abram and Sarah. Abram's sin is the first instance of polygamy in the scripture. This is contrary to God's plan. God's ways always intended for one man to be joined to one woman in marriage. In Genesis 2.24, God says, Therefore a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. Both terms, man and woman, are both singular. From this point on in the Old Testament, we have many examples of polygamy and the damage it does to people's lives. In the New Testament, Jesus reiterates the words of Genesis 2.24, and then in Ephesians 5, Paul explains the connection between marriage and the gospel of Jesus. He tells husbands to love their wives like Jesus loves the church, and for wives to love their husbands as the church does Jesus. He then concludes the conversation in verse 31, writing, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to a wife and the two will become one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I am speaking about Christ and the church. Each of you, however, should love his wife as himself, and a wife should respect her husband. After Abram takes Hagar as his second wife, the battle begins. Sarah is now jealous and bitter towards Hagar, and Hagar is fueling the fire by acting with pride towards Sarah, looking down on her with contempt. When we resort to shortcuts to hurry what we believe to be God's plan, it will result in problems and complications outside our ability to fix or heal. People will get hurt. There is grace, but know that the pain, the mess may continue through this life, and that is exactly what happens in this situation. Today, Abram and his wife Sarah fall to impatience. Instead of waiting for the Lord, they take matters into their own hands and they attempt, to pluck, they attempt to pluck the fruit before God's timing and try to fulfill God's will in their own ways and infect all of their lives with trouble. But God can even use our mistakes to work out his plan. In verse 7, God sees Hagar. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to shore. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarah, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am running away from my mistress, Sarah. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord said to her, I will so greatly multiply your offspring that they cannot be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, now you have conceived and shall bear a son. You shall call him Ishmael. For the Lord has given heed to your affliction. He he will be a wild donkey of a man and with his hands against everyone and everyone's hand against him and he shall live at odds with all his kin. So she named the Lord who spoke to her, you are El Roy. For she said, have I really seen God and remained alive after seeing him? Therefore the whale was called Ber Lahoi Roy. It lies between Kadesh and Bered. Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son whom he bore, Hagar bore Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. God uses Abram and Sarah's sin to further his plan. He did not cause or plan their sin or tempt them into it, but he did use it. 
Remember the promise God has spoken so many times to Abram, the one that Abram and Sarah are trying to make happen? God promised to make Abram into a great nation, to give him as many descendants as there is sand on the ground and stars in the sky and to bless all nations through him. God uses Hagar and her son Ishmael to further that plan. He cares for her. We may read this and say, well, that prophecy doesn't sound very good, but Hagar does not feel that way. She recognizes that God sees her and that is what it means when she says, you are El Roy, the God who sees me. That's what it means. Hagar recognized that God saw her pain and came to her. He was with her. He blessed her to have great descendants. The descendants will come up all throughout the biblical story and history. Ishmael is the ancestor of the Arab people, and the Muslim faith claims him as the rightful heir to the promises made to Abram. God tells Hagar to return to Sarah. He is, here's another lesson on patience. She's a slave who has escaped. She is being mistreated, and now God tells her to go back. That's a tough pill to swallow. It may even cause us reading the story to recoil. God's plan for Hagar and Ishmael and Abraham requires that she go back. Years later, God will separate Hagar and Ishmael from Abram and Sarah and care for them and make them into a mighty nation. But for now, she must go back. It will be uncomfortable and painful, but patience is belief that Romans 8.28, God works all things to the good of those who love him, is true. We know this concept well. At some point in our lives, we'll have a surgery. We're going to let the surgeon cut on us, and it will cause pain, but we're willing to suffer the pain because we trust the surgeon to know what is best. And if he says the surgery will help, we trust him. We also trust him to be able to successfully complete the surgery. Our trust in him leads us to believe that that we will be better off in the end. That, That is patience. That is faith. Would you trust God in the same way Hagar does when she returns to Abram and Sarah and gives birth to Ishmael? We struggle with patience. I burn my mouth like weekly because I'm too impatient to wait for food to cool down. On my computer, I click a link like 40 times because it doesn't load in one second like I think it should. We struggle and sometimes we fail to impatience in big things and a lack of faith in God, and we sin and hurt ourselves and others. And in those moments, we are thankful for patience, God's patience. Our God is exceedingly patient with us. Exodus 34, 6, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for the thousandth generation, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, yet by no means clearing the guilty. His wrath will come on the unrepentant. But like the father in the story of the prodigal son, he waits. And when we return home, he comes running and he grabs us up and he holds us close and he blesses us with all that he has. We reject him in impatience. But he accepts us through love and patience. And on the cross, not judging us as what we are, but seeing who we will be. God is perfectly patient. His grace is always greater than our sin. And while you breathe, he waits. But in this right time, either you will stop breathing and go to be with him or he will return and there will be no more time. Surround yourself with faithful people. 
Sarah urged Abram impatiently, and Abram did not stand firm. Neither of them had faithful people around them to steer them in the right direction, to show them the path of this error. We need other believers around us who can see our situation from the outside, who have been through similar things, who can remind us of, our prom- of the promises of, in faithfulness of God that he is El Roy. He sees me and he knows my pain and my trouble and he has a plan that is better than the beginning. It's better than where I am right now and he will complete it in time. Faithful people will encourage you through the waiting. Sit with you as you wait and keep you focused on the promises of God. Church, take on the role of being an encourager. Remember that right now there are people around us who are waiting on the plan of God. There is something they are suffering through, something they desire with all their hearts so much that it hurts, and they are tempted every day to take a shortcut. Remind one another of his love and his wisdom and that they are not waiting alone. Prayer also helps to refocus us on God's perspective of our situation. When we're in the middle of something, it's like we're looking through a telescope so focused on that one thing that we can't see anything outside of that focus. But Hagar learned that God sees. He sees it all, and so we trust him. Prayer reminds us of that. He speaks to us. Prayer is the act of waiting on God. Did you hear me? Prayer is the act of waiting on God. Philippians 4, 6-7 reads, Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Prayer is simply talking to God. Don't make it hard or complicated. Talk to Him. Tell, talk to about your impatience, your waiting, your pain, and His promises. Tell Him that you're tired and weary of waiting. And prayer is a great tool. God will use it to widen your perspective and see things like He sees them. Patiently wait on God. Wait because you know that he is good and loving and all-wise and all-powerful. You know he sees you even better than you see yourself and that he is coming when the time is right. Thank you so much for listening to Stanford Christian Church today. My name is Pastor Jeremy. Go visit our website, www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. Once there, you can click on our VBS 2023 tab to be able to register your little ones for Vacation Bible School June 20th through 23rd, and that's from 6 to 8 p.m. Have a great week. Love God, love others, and tell somebody about Jesus.